Welcome to Coles on the Coast, where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Jessica Cole, and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about communication and how it has to do with self-reliance. And not just that, but our family's experience with childhood apraxia of speech. Now, communication. If you look it up, the definition is the imparting or exchanging of information or news. This is something that's very important to all human beings, to be able to get your thoughts out to others, to communicate your needs or your wants. Also, I mean, just take a second to think about this. If you lost your voice, what would you do? How would you be able to to speak or how would you be able to communicate what you need to do? Would you write down what you have to say? Um, you could read from other people, right? Instead of hearing, but we're here we're talking about your voice. So what what if you couldn't read or write? What if you, something you didn't know how to write or you didn't have the ability to be able to write? Well, if we think about it, there's lots of different ways that we can communicate with one another. There's nonverbal communication, there's gestures, there's more formal gestures such as sign language, and then there's facial expressions, body language. There's also forms of technology to be able to communicate. Other than the reading and writing, there's the AAC devices, which just stands for Augmentative and Alternative Communication. But they're basically either a program on your tablet or computer or a special tablet or computer where you're able to, to hit the button and be able to speak out things to people. Um, all these things are used whenever someone's not able to speak for themselves. But remember how I said, what if you couldn't read or write and if you lost your voice? Well, in our family, we have a little boy, our oldest son, and he had difficulty communicating with us. And not that's not really true. He was actually really good at communicating with us except with his voice, except with his words. And when we finally realized that this was becoming a problem because as he was getting older he would have these meltdowns and they you could tell they were pretty sensory based kind of meltdowns and we realized that there were things he wasn't able to tell us that he really wanted to tell us um we spoke to the pediatrician about it and she said well do you want us to give you a recommendation to speech therapy and we were like yeah let's do that but we started off with early intervention. I think every state has some sort of early intervention program, but ours here, uh, at the time we were in the middle of COVID and early intervention was all online, which let's think about this a second. We have a child that's suffering from meltdowns. He was just around two years old and wasn't able to fully communicate with us, at least not verbally. So we start this program and it's only once a month and it's all online. We did like the speech therapist and there was, and we did like the OT that was giving us some pointers. However, there was another person working with us and we didn't mesh well. I didn't like what she was telling us in regards to his speech and speech delays. She told me a lot of 
information that wasn't the same as the person that was the speech therapist was telling us. For example, the speech therapist would tell us to give him opportunities to be able to speak to us by playing things like the top, Talking Tom app and things like that. And um, she seemed to like that we were doing some sign language with him. However, the other girl was like, withhold the things until he speaks to you. And that just was not going to work for our family because that caused meltdowns. And let's think about it. If you're trying to communicate with somebody that you need a cup of water and you're not able to say that word for some reason, you're going to get mad if that person knows what you want but is not giving you that item. And that's the same thing for him. He's just a young human, right? So we have to treat him that way. However, um, in order to be able to keep moving on with him, we spoke with the pediatrician. We were like, hey, we need something more than this. Can we get some private speech therapy? And she sent us down the road and we started with this wonderful, wonderful lady, um, Miss Leah, and built, started building a relationship with her. Um, she was so kind to, to our son and to us. She helped us think of ways to be able to create a safe environment for him to be able to try to speak and just played with him and did play-based learning in order to be able to learn him and to give him a sense that she respected him and wanted to be there with him, wanted to play with him, and wanted to help him. So I think it's really important if you have a child that's having difficulty with speaking or any loved one that you're able to find someone who is truly supportive of you and your family and of the person in general because nobody wants to work with somebody that doesn't respect them or seem to understand what they're going through. So we start this journey with our speech pathologist and I don't know how long she had been coming and at first, of course, she threw out the word autism because at first there were some things that she wasn't sure if he was fully understanding what he was, what we were saying to him and things like that. But she quickly realized that that was actually completely incorrect. He had a full knowledge of language. Um, and for those who aren't in the lingo, the, that language, when we speak of it in the term of speech, speech pathology and education language is how you understand what other people are saying to you it's kind of that broader concept that you know what is being told you and what is trying to get relayed to you the communication to you um, and he was he had all that he was not deficient in that he understood he wasn't slow with that and she noticed some things that she hadn't seen before, at least not very often. One of the things being that he would speak with his mouth closed. He would make basically musical sounds with those syllables, but with his mouth closed. So the inflection for the words were there, but he wasn't opening his mouth to actually make the sounds. And my biggest concern with him from the get-go was the fact that he was only using around 50 to 15 to 20 words, but he had said more than 50 words at some point or another. Um, and I called them ghost words because he would say the word 
and then it'd be gone. Or he'd say the word and then he would never say it the same way. It was, it would be correct the first time and then wrong following or just a different way every time he'd say it. So after a while watching him, she realized that or he, she said that she believed he had childhood apraxia of speech. Now, what is childhood apraxia of speech? It is a motor planning disorder, which basically means that the child's mind, their brain, the connection between the brain and the mouth doesn't work fantastically. So those children or those people, because adults can have apraxia too. Usually when you hear of apraxia, it's someone who's had a stroke and they have to relearn how to speak or something like that. But this is actually a neurological thing where they just have trouble getting that connection through. Those, those people, people with that kind of um, mind, they just need time to be able to formulate what they're saying. And this is really important to know. And I think this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast talking about childhood apraxia of speech, because this goes beyond just people with apraxia. Nobody wears a t-shirt that says, hey, I have apraxia. Let me have a little extra time to talk to you or anything of that nature. When you're around other human beings, if they're taking a little while to formulate what they're trying to say to you, don't just interject and try to say what you think they're going to say. Give them a second or two or three, because I'm sure what they have to say is important to them to say to you. And that's exactly how our son is. He will start telling you something and he will be con conversing with you, telling you all about a story or something. And all of a sudden, if it's a string of words he hasn't said or a sentence he hasn't said in a long time, like maybe it's a new season, then he has to take a moment and formulate it. He might even start the word and have to kind of stop and he'll think and he'll come back and he'll say it. And oftentimes he'll get it correct now, but back in the day, he wouldn't have been able to do that. He would have probably given up or done that groping thing, which if you're looking for clue markers for childhood apraxia of speech, they have difficulty moving from one sound to another. So there are vowel distortions, syllables, and words. They, there may be a lot of starting and stopping, much like what I'm actually having now, I guess. Um, there may be incorrect stress on syllables or the same stress on each of the syllables in the word. So like, say the word banana, they might say, instead of banana, where the inflection is in the correct syllable, it might be banana, or something similar like that. Maybe think more like the minions or something. But um, the thing that also they may be having trouble with is inconsistency in your words or sounds, which I've already mentioned our son had problems with both the groping movement and the inconsistency in the words and sounds. Those are all markers of childhood apraxia of speech. And that's what pathologists will usually be looking for when they, or that's often what will clue a speech pathologist into if you're 
child has a childhood apraxia of speech or even an adult. In order to help our son, we had to come up with a game plan. And the first game plan, of course, was the speech therapist. But he needed weekly speech therapy. And he went two days per week. When we first started off, the speech therapist came to our house and built that relationship with him. And then after all the COVID stuff started kind of settling down, we started going to her office two days a week, every week, very, very, very few breaks. And when I say break, it's like one of our kids were sick and we didn't get to go or I had a baby and we couldn't go or... Um, the very rare holiday that our speech pathologist would take off, that's when we didn't go. And we were very consistent and we worked very hard. Our son went from basically never saying a word he didn't want to say or felt was too hard to slowly starting to work on those words, to slowly starting to do the repetition that was needed in order to be able to really secure those words in his vocabulary and his mind and those from his mind to his mouth to being able to do everything she wanted him to do. Um, and again, she's a very um, play-based learning teacher. So whenever he needed a little something different, she would give that to him. And he worked, they worked very well together. Their relationship was fantastic. Um, and we love Miss Leah, but what's so exciting is that this past week, our son graduated from speech therapy after two years. He is completely on track for his age level. Um, because he has childhood apraxia of speech, you can still see sometimes that, that short pause when he's trying to say something new or get a concept to you. But so far, he's doing just so fantastically. And I had actually wanted to report record this podcast before, but I was really emotional for like an entire week. Um, Leah gave us kind of a week to know that she thought he was probably more advanced than she needed to, to teach him right now. And I it just made me want to cry every time I thought about it because she's been such a part of our life. And part of Joe's life. And even our other two children took from her for a short time. My daughter had a little bit of sound work to do. And our youngest son, he had a little bit of a delay in talking, I guess. Or really, it was just... He he definitely talked. He didn't have the same problems that our, our oldest son did. But... He just kind of needed a little bit of help to start talking more often and in longer sentences. And he very quickly got done with speech therapy and he was actually taking from Miss Abby in the, in the speech pathology practice. But it's just so exciting to know that our children were able to go to speech therapy to get the help they needed to learn and grow so that they could be reliant on their own voices so they can communicate for themselves Rather than us just waiting around and saying, oh, he's probably just a late speaker. Because we were actually told that several times when we first started seeking out some help. Oh, he's probably just a late talker. Oh, he hasn't been around people a lot because this is the middle of COVID and you've been home a whole lot. Which I'm not saying that's not part of it. I'm sure it is. 
we may get into that more in a later podcast, but I'm glad that we were able to get him so much help and he's doing so much better. I just want to, I wanted to do this podcast and let other people know that may be facing the same journey, maybe hearing, oh, your child may have childhood apraxia speech and in that they are neurodivergent, just know that that just means they think a little differently and we just have to take a minute and we have to think about the way their mind works and relay information to them in a way that's most helpful and expect what they can give us to know that that might be and sound a little different than others, but there's not a problem with that. That's just the way that they speak and their mind works in order to be able to speak and communicate with you. But they're just as much a human being, just as much of a brilliant mind as anyone else. There is a person on the apraxia of speech, um, mind field of information that's really fantastic to look into and his name is Jordan Christian. He's an IEP advocate and he's the author of I think it's three different books on his story of having apraxia of speech. He often he's a social media um, content creator and he speaks openly about his struggles even now as a young adult with childhood or apraxia of speech. In his case, he's no longer a child, but he has apraxia because it's a lifelong learning disorder, which I hate calling it a disorder because again, we can all think differently and that doesn't make anyone any more or less than any any other person. However, he's a great person to look into if you're interested in speech pathology, if you have someone who's going through some type of communication difficulty, anything like that. He's, he's really good. There are a lot of Facebook or there's a couple of really good apraxia speech, um, Facebook pages out there where moms get together and speak about their struggles, their solutions to apraxia speech. If your child has apraxia of speech or, or suspected apraxia of speech, just know that there are a lot of terms such as the AAC devices that will probably come up depending on how severe your child's case is. And those things are all good. And if you do not have a supportive team on your side, find one. Even if they're not near you, there's, um, if you start looking it up, there are some people who have made it their life goal to be the best teachers in this area. And they are fantastic people travel from, from all over. Um, at the, this moment, I don't remember their names, but just a simple Google search and you'll start to find it. There are some books written out there. There's not a lot, but if you're like me and you go to your local library and there's nothing on a childhood apraxia of speech or apraxia of speech in general, ask them to buy a book because there are some out there and let other people know about this condition and how they just need to understand that the person that they're speaking with just needs a little extra time and to be supportive of them. And it makes a world of difference. I know that our son just blossomed after he realized that we were there for him. We were his support team and we were going to wait for him to say whatever he wanted to say or whatever he needed to say. I hope that this podcast has been helpful for anyone listening and 
Um, hopefully it gives you a little bit of encouragement. I know there wasn't really much in the way of podcast other than speech paths out there when I was looking for it. So this is our story and it ends well. I know that there are more severe cases of apraxia of speech out there and I have the feeling that we may or may not have to go back to speech therapy in the future. I know that we still have a couple sounds that he doesn't have, but they're not technically necessary for his age group, not required for his age group, right? Love testing. <laughs> but we hope and pray that he continues to blossom and to do well and to feel sure for himself because that is so important in the world of self-reliance. You can't you can't question your own abilities. And so we definitely don't question his abilities and just continue to be his biggest cheerleader. Um, my biggest word of advice out there is do teach your children sign language. I did that with him and with all of my kids, but especially with my oldest two. We did a lot of baby signing time stuff, learning words like please, eat, water, milk, cup, thank you, train, car, shoes, socks, all in sign language. And that was so important for him to be able to speak to us. If you need something like an AAC device for your loved one, use it. Don't, don't feel embarrassed and never apologize for being able to accommodate your loved one when it comes to communication. It's important that we all have our voice and we all have the freedom to speak. And that's what we're big about around here is having the freedom to do what you need to do to be able to communicate those needs and wants that you have as well. So with that, we'll say goodbye for now. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Coles on the Coast. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing to our feed on Spotify or Fountain or following us on our website at www.colesonthecoast.com. Remember to review and leave a positive note so that we can move up in the algorithm on Spotify. You can also follow us on Facebook, Coles on the Coast, or on Instagram, at Coles on the Coast Podcast. We post daily updates and photographs of life on the homestead. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Coles on the Coast is brought to you by Charlie Small Engines. At Charlie Small Engines, we specialize in small engine repair. We are also a mobile small engine repair shop. That means that if you have a lawnmower that you can't get to us, we will travel to you and repair it on site. If you'd like more information or like a free quote, send us an email at colesonthecoast at protonmail.com.